You never know what's coming. Sorry, lukewarm. <laughs> it's starring and directed by Thank lukewarm. you. That's right. <laughs> Welcome, 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 nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, obscurios of all shapes and flavors. You're listening to the, the Nerd, Nerd Obscurial Podcast. Podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. And I reckon I'd done be the Oklahoma kid. Fortunately, speaking of reckoning, we're going to be able to do a little more reckoning. We're going to be doing some porch setting this episode. I guess we're going to need to do a little bit more explaining in the intro than we usually have to do. Because if you're porch setting, you're not setting up segments. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel in the spirit of porch setting. The whole idea is just two guys sitting on the porch, having a beer. And I even take it more porch setting, like just just a very Americana kind of thing. Like, you know, your grandpa and your great uncle are working on a something in the shop together and then go out on the porch and have a couple beers before dusk you know and just kind of americana talk a little bit more uh thinking about nature and looking around at the land talking about stories of oh and the latter segment do we have a title for this one the wings uh, the taste i don't know i yeah i was gonna ask you tba We'll have time, though, in the wing segment to explain everything going on at that. But we got a bunch of wing sauces. I made up a bunch of smoked wings. And we are going to rate, value, assess which we think is the best. So, any old news we need to talk about? Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, um, why don't we then take a moment and then we will get to... A very first time porch setting. Soup's on, people. It's been getting hot. Summer's here. Talk about it's going to get 100 degrees next week. That's what I hear. At least the winds have calmed down now. I was worried about that. It was very windy the other day. You know, people uh, always, oh, it's so windy for this time of year. May is always windy for us out here. Yeah. Yeah, people don't notice it from year to year, but we're always doing rice. It's a flooded field, you know? Mm-hmm. And the herbicide, you need to have... Of your flood, you need to have, you know, like four inches. Otherwise, the concentration gets fucked up and it can blanch the rice. It will all turn white and mm-hmm. hurt the rice. So every May, just about when you're going to be, you know, putting that herbicide on, 
these winds kick up. You got half the goddamn water on one side of the field. And you're trying to adjust, like, okay, what's four inches here? You know, it's mm. like trying to look at a bathtub that's sloshing around and figure out what exactly it is. Right. Like, where do you measure it to make sure you're getting it right? Yeah, you just have to kind of pick a spot, you know, try to try to divide the baby. And then that shit goes on, like, with by a plane crop duster? Yeah. yeah. Well, you seed the rice by a plane, too. No shit. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, most every... Some people, they got the money. They can do everything by plane. Most of us have to go, oh, mid-June, when the rice is about six, eight inches tall. Mm-hmm. And then there's a contact herbicide we use on it. And what's funny is that it's not GMO. Mm-hmm. You know, these aren't genetically modified organisms, the rice. Right. But they have found a special chemistry because rice, you can't obviously, it's not like trees. You can't just spray the stuff underneath it. You have to spray the rice too. Right. They found these certain chemistries where they can actually metabolize. They actually be able to have the herbicide go through them. It doesn't affect them, but it affects the weeds. Hmm. But that's why it's scary, because if you don't have things right, if you use too high of a rate or the water level isn't right for the, we call it the foundation herbicide at the beginning there, Mm -hmm. well, you can only do so much to something, you know? Then you can start making it weaker after a while. Right. It's like the uh, Dread Pirate and... uh, Princess Pride had the immunity to the poison. Oh, right, yeah. But if you had a double shot of the poison, it'd still make him sick as hell, even if it didn't kill him. Right. It's funny, it's in the... You know, well, maybe not even halfway point of the Ammons, and they look a lot better. You can tell on some of the early varieties, the one mm-hmm. we call Peerless. I call that one the Christmas nut. It's the one that's got the really big shell that you got on the counter at Christmas. You crack them out and stuff like that. Right. That variety got hit hard. But all the other branches look pretty heavy and decent. By the wind? No, the frost. Back in February. And over there on west side, they got down to like... 26 degrees, or not 26, 19, 17 Mm. degrees. A lot of them, some of those guys out there, I don't even know if they're going to try to shake. Mm. They might just leave the crop out there where it is. They're going to spend more money and time shaking it than they're going to get off the crop. Right. And they got worse water troubles than we do over here, too, so that's if their pumps don't go dry first, you know? Right. Hey, I was wondering, that old truck you had, a white truck, was that a forerunner? What was that? Oh, my truck? Yeah. It's a uh, Nissan. Oh, really? Is that a six-cylinder? No. No. But it is a manual, wasn't it? It is. It is manual, yes. So if you had infinite money and time and you were getting a project vehicle, like it wasn't going to be all cherried out. You were actually going to have to spend the time to, you know, to cherry it all out and even our engine rebuild, however far you want to go on that with the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Well, Which first, I know would like you even, shit about. <laughs> but would you even have any interest? Would you want to be a grease monkey? Or I mean, if it, I had if I had the time and the money, right? You know, I would definitely be interested and be like, "Yeah, I'll do that." So, what would your dream vehicle be for that? Realistically, sure. Or like, I can do anything. You have infinite resources and time. I'm gonna build myself like a fucking Batmobile. Uh, more realistically, probably sure. like a Dar- Dodge Challenger. Okay. Muscle car. Yeah. 
That or like one of those old like 1940s, 1930s Ford pickups. Those are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I do like those a lot. Whenever I see someone driving one of those around, I'm always like, that's nice. I think like I would like just as a something to drive around. I've always talked about like an old caddy. Mm-hmm. You know, just a big fucking boat, something out of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm also putting all the work on it and stuff like that, I think one of those old trucks, like you said, an old, ooh, maybe painting the ass to get parts, but even like an old AMC or something fucking mm-hmm. really, an international, <laughs> one of those old fuckers. Yeah. What's nice, the advantage of that is with vehicles that old, like everything's in front of you, you know? Like I went to go on our little Nissan Juke, our kind of town car, you know? I went just to go fucking take out the uh, cab filter. I had to tear apart half the fucking dash just to get to a goddamn cab filter, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the air filter for the air conditioner, right? Yeah. They just make it so hard. They they forcibly put everything on top of each other to try to make sure you go take it into service to their shops, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, they want you to take it to the dealer. <clears throat> but those old machines, it's the more practical way if you want to actually work on your vehicle. Get oh, yeah, old. and... Now everything's like a new, brand new vehicle's got all kinds of electronic sensors and this and that that's all hooked up to everything. Well, there's all these damn computers, too. Mm -hmm. Then they have the CAN bus, which is a whole fucking network that's how all the fucking computers talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And once the rodents start eating on that, we've had a couple in tractors, they start eating up on the CAN buses. I've come to find out from a mechanic, he was telling us the reason why. They coat the wires in soy now. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just fucking bread it and deep fry it for the fuckers, too? I tell you the time we took that old uh, 2007 Tundra, my pop's old truck. Two trucks back, actually. Right. But we still have the... The welder, the stick welder on there to do welds and field, and we still use it. And this was like about the third or fourth fucking knock sensor they had eaten out. Um, you know, that sensor is to make sure that the engine pistons aren't rattling the, the whole engine and supposed to be to prevent it from having a piston punch through, you know? Right. They finally got another knock sensor. We take it into the shop. We uh, come back later to pick it up. And the shop manager thanked us because apparently there was a rat still in there and it fucking came up and started skittering around the shop and the the service tech screamed like a little girl. <laughs> the rest of the shop was giving them shit for the rest of the year. Nice. <laughs> they know our name and faces now. You're the guys who brought in the rat that made the fucking Louie scream. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it used to be, before we went around and got them all neutered, we'd get a new batch of cats about once a year, coming from that old barn. Now we got a steady little population, about five or six, of roam property. I think coyotes got quite a few of them. For a while, we had some wol- uh, wolves, foxes, hanging out around there, too. Yeah. You know a gray fox will sleep in a tree? Really? Yeah. A red fox won't. Hmm. They like going into burrows and stuff like that. But there was this, uh, that old house down the road I used to live in. It's got these big Chinese pistachio trees behind the house, behind the shop there. Mm -hmm. One day I look up and I see this fox just chilling out in there, middle of the day. (laughs) And... I could see it, but its eyes was closed. It would kind of look at me every once in a while. It was kind of like nodding in between sleep and all that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
Oh, and the turkeys lately, especially in this orchard you're looking at right now. You get a lot of turkeys. I've seen so many goddamn wild turkeys. Huh. You know, about a month ago, I saw over on the north end of this orchard, I saw about. So the males I know are called toms, and I think Janes are what they call the females. I saw probably about four or five Janes and about as many, maybe more, toms. Mm. In fact, when I was mowing this orchard, I saw a Jane with a clutch of three or four little ones. Mm. Couldn't have been but a couple weeks old. About the size of, you know, a blue jay or something like that. And as I was going down one aisle, it was in the next aisle. And you could tell it was like protecting it because it's just standing its ground and haunching mm-hmm. down so it wouldn't hurt the little ones. Right. They'll go after those black hoses there a little bit. It's the goddamn squirrels. They're the worst. Wait, why do the turkeys go after the hoses? Well, a lot of times they'll actually go after the sprinkler heads. They're just getting sips of water. Uh. The squirrels will actually chew into the hoses. I haven't seen a lot of coyotes yet, though. I think there's still enough water in the creeks and everything. They're probably staying close to that. Once it starts getting towards July, I think we'll start seeing a lot more out here looking for water and resources. Wouldn't have thought coyotes came out here. Oh, yeah. I thought they stayed kind of up more. Nah, they'll be in these valleys. Hmm. They're opportunists. They'll look wherever. I mean, we'll even see some mountain lions out here every once in a while. No shit. Ah, closer to the river, of course. Yeah. I've never seen one as far out here. There was a brown bear down there one year. No shit. It's pretty far away from the fucking river. It was out doing something. Huh. I only knew about that one because of social media. But it was probably, you know, a quarter mile away from the orchard we got over there. Huh. Yeah, with the mountain lions, one year we hired on this truck driver named J.R. And, you know, we'll cut rice till 8, 9 o'clock at night. If we've got enough empty trailers, we'll go till 10 or whatever it is. We'll fill up all the trailers in the morning truck drivers will take them in and you can't cut first thing in the morning because the dew is still on right so if you're it's like the reason why you don't mow a lawn in the rain it's gonna all mash up in there screw stuff up right so you want to wait till the, the dew burns off but if you fill up the trailers and the trucker's got something to do in the morning and he was out there towards the slough no one else saw it, but it was pretty early in the morning. It wasn't even, sun wasn't even out yet, so it was before dawn. And uh, he swears up and down. He saw a fucking mountain lion there. He was supposed to, you know, you go out there with your truck, you hook up to it, you roll up your, your jacks, mm-hmm. and you drive away. Well, he was too scared shitless to go hook up and roll up his jacks, so he just fucking drove back to the shop. <laughs> Saw him in the morning. Why is a fucking ghost? <clears throat> he saw something out there. Yeah, I guess it was a mountain lion. The only thing that makes sense. Yeah. A little disappointed. I thought you were gonna say the the mountain lion actually got him. No. No. You know, there was this one year talking to coyotes. There was this coyote. I called it Chupacabra. This thing didn't have like a pelt on it at all. It looked like, you know, when they do like the animation of the like undead dogs. This is what it looks like, you know. Barely had any fucking thing on its pelt. Would just shovel around, mangy, disgusting looking thing. It looked like a fucking monster. It looked like the Chupacabra. Right. 
And I must have been deaf to fucking two beyond compare because this thing would sit there and it would sit right behind me as I'm harvesting rice. And it must have been death because the noise didn't bother it at all. But it was a smart thing because as you're cutting rice there, there's all sorts of field mice and rabbits and all sorts of stuff coming Scattering. out there. Yeah. Now, obviously, it wasn't going after the biggest rodent, which is almost a danger while I'm cutting rice, which is the raccoons. Right. You'll see about three or four raccoons in a rice check at a time. And as you cut in, you know, it's like mowing along, you know, mm-hmm. start from the outside. We call it headlands. You just cut in further and further. Mm-hmm. You can just see the fucking stalks of that rice shaking as they're moving around trying to figure out what the fuck they do and they never are smart enough to look towards the cut part of the field and go that way and go that way they always wait till you're on that very last pass and then they're like oh shit i gotta get out of here i had one one year because it was a year where he had it's called lodged rice basically the rice instead of standing up all straight and pretty mm-hmm. it'll fall on the ground Right. So you got to bring your header down in order to get it, you know? Right. You can't just keep your header the same height. You got to go Because it'll just go right over it. Exactly. So this fucking thing, I put, go to put my header down. But, you know, at the time it was an 18. I use a 25-foot swath now, but the time was an 18. So it's like there's three feet that's down, but mm-hmm. you don't want to just leave that three feet. But then there's another you know, 15 feet that's all standing up so you can't see inside it. Right. So on the other part of the swath that wasn't down, apparently there was a raccoon there, and it jumped onto my header. So the spool is moving around. I see it. I see it jump on there, and I stop immediately. I turn off my header, you know, besides the fact that it would feel shitty to, uh, you know, kill a little raccoon that Mm -hmm. day. If it had got caught and got tried to go through that feeder house and try to go through that machine, I'd be out there for hours trying to clean up that mess. It would be going to plug it up, and it was just going to be a disgusting fucking mess. I think it's only happened to me but once or twice, but I have had little bullfrogs jump in there. Huh. And uh, it's not enough to mess anything up, but, you know, if you ever eaten some rice and you get a little bullfrog in your spoon, maybe that was me. <laughs> They uh, that doesn't get uh, filtered out in the processing. They don't like strain out. The- oh, oh, yeah, it does. Of course, it does. <laughs> Just making a joke here, right? No, it, the machine itself probably cleans out most of that. Right. And then by the time you take it to the dryer, and they have their own filtration system, and now the thing that really pisses off the dryers, mm-hmm. glass. Oh, oh man, that'll ruin a whole fucking silo of grain. Because some of that, if it gets through, fucking bad news. And it's fine enough and small enough that, you know, there isn't there isn't a machine that can tell the difference of debris. It's all size and weight. And right. it matches up perfectly enough that it'll just fuck everything. Mm. It's a needle in a goddamn haystack. A little bit of fucking glass in there. Uh. You know, for the Ammons, I was talking to... Mm-hmm. And he was running the hauler down the road. I asked him one day, hey, what's the weirdest thing you found in this hauler? Because they had the same thing. They got, you know, trash cleanouts and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting, like, you know, I was in high school. I know what goes on. Kids having sex out here and condoms and all this kind of stuff. But what he said was fucking surprising as hell to me. So like, what was the weirdest thing you found out here without skipping a beat? Oh, a prosthetic leg. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Wait. <laughs> the prosthetic leg got scooped up by the, I don't know, I'm not sure what the specific, the sweeper is the name for the machine that you go the through. The sweeper and, puts it in the middle of the row. And then what picks up, what is the name for the for the <laughs> tractor that you drive there's through that very, picks up all the almonds? It's very, very Ammons. complicated term. Fuck off. For all of this stuff. Like, so you got to shake the tree. We call that the shaker. Yeah, I then got gotta that one. You got to sweep it into the center. We call that the sweeper. And then you have to pick up the nuts. We call that the pickup machine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you could call it a nut harvester as well, you know. But 
they're all very unoriginal, stupid yeah. names. I was not making that to try to make you feel bad. I'm making fun of the industry and the stupid. I know. thought I thought the sweeper was the thing it swept up the. I thought you went through with the shaker and then I thought there were two steps. You went through with the shaker. You went through with the sweeper. I thought that was how it no, worked. No, there's a third step. Okay. You go through the shaker. You put them on the ground. Then you take a sweeper. The sweeper has a head on it with these rubber flaps mm -hmm. that kind of it's like a, a drum that rolls around and around and mm -hmm. then moves everything that's on the ground floor into the center of the row right and then behind it it's got a blower so if it's on the actual line of the trees where you can't get to it blows it over to the other side the so when you come to the next pass then you can clean it up and put it into the middle of the row right once it's there in the middle of the row you take your nut harvester, what we call a pickup machine, mm -hmm. and it's essentially like a big vacuum. Right. And it drives through the orchard, it picks it up, and then all of the leaves and dirt and trash, most of that at least, gets blown out the other side. But not prosthetic legs. But no, there's um, big limbs. I, I've seen... See, I thought, I thought anything big would get automatically like right away. I've seen like, stuff right big away. enough go through. Really? Now, we have a, a cart with a chain on it to help separate out the sticks from the nuts, stuff like that. So mm. ours probably would have been caught with that. But, you know, not everyone does. In fact, this orchard was the first orchard we got. And we didn't have all that equipment yet. So my very first job on the almond harvest was going behind that pickup machine, and there would just be what we call a nut buggy. It's basically just a little cart. It's got a lever on the side that will open up a door at the bottom, and that's how you get it into the trailer. Uh huh. But we didn't even have... Kind of scoops it up. A nice... No, it doesn't scoop it up. The, the pickup machine will pick it up, and then it will shoot it into the back of this car. Oh. So we didn't even have a nice enough cart, because a lot of them have augers that uh -huh. level out the cart for you. Because otherwise, you're just building this building big, big pile up, yeah. and eventually it'll dump out. So my first job on the Ammon Harvest was fucking on that cart right behind there with a fucking rake, leveling the cart, making sure it was good and level. And then someone come out with a tractor with an empty nut buggy. You swap it out when they're full and keep going. Mm. I must have ate fucking five goddamn pounds of dust every day doing that job. And then for the shaking... The first couple of years, we'd also go through and we'd uh, take about a 25, 30 foot bamboo pole, knock all the nuts that didn't come down. Mm -hmm. You do about one day of that, and when you close your eyes, you'll see imprinted almond leaves and fucking nuts in the back of your eyelids because you're looking up in the sun all the time, mm -hmm. you know? That poor fucking chicken. What happened to it? Nothing. And that's the problem. There used to be a flock of about eight fucking chickens out here. She's the last one to fucking stand. Because of the coyotes? Fucking raccoons, actually. Raccoons are brutal. They will tear off, because we found the corpse, and we know this is why they're doing it. A coyote will at least take the whole fucking thing, and they don't eat the whole thing. They'll bury it. They'll try to save it for winter. A, a, a dog, they'll, you know, at least mangle it all up and eat it, even if they don't want the food. That's their mm -hmm. instinct. Raccoons are mean, motherfuckers. They will just tear off the head of a chicken and drink the blood and <laughs> leave and just fucking go. That's fucking nuts. Brutal motherfuckers, man. They're just trying to send you a message. Raccoons. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's some fucking godfather shit right there. Just tearing the head off. And <laughs> yeah, of all the animals in the kingdom, in the animal kingdom, I feel like raccoons are the most likely to pull shit like that and then like go to the phone booth, dial something up. It's done. Click. <laughs> Man, why do you think they're always wearing masks? You know what I don't see around here anymore? It's magpies. Mm -hmm. Didn't you feel like when we were kids, magpies were fucking everywhere? You couldn't go outside into, or look at an orchard without there being just a ton of fucking magpies. 
I remember there being so many more when we were kids. The other one that's really changed, but this is more of a habitat thing. Pheasants. Yeah. At least have pheasants fucking everywhere. But now it's all orchards and shit. You know, there were more... People used to grow milo and barley and shit like that out here. Now it's all orchards. Pheasants aren't going to hang out in the orchards. Right. They want to be able to hide in the reeds. That one it never bothered me as much, though, because they're they're transplants. They're all from fucking Asia. Originally, pheasants are. Mm-hmm. There isn't a natural thing about that. I have seen... Within the last like ten years, have seen a population of bald eagles coming back to this area. Really? You know, it's funny because all of the uh, gun rights people went all up in arms because they got rid of lead shot. Couldn't use lead anymore. Mm-hmm. But then they started looking at the science. The bald eagles started coming back. After they got rid of the lead shot. And they'll still complain, ah, oh, we fucking need lead shot and stuff. And then you show them the data about the bald eagles, and all of a sudden, they don't know what to do. It's like, well, Second Amendment's my goddamn right as America, but bald eagles, America. <laughs> I'm in a predicament now. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Who am I supposed to save here? <laughs> okay, I got one more funny story. Mm-hmm. Sun's starting to go down. I don't even know if any of this will be usable or cat noise or whatever. Stop me if I've already shared this one with you. You know it was uh, who originally had this place. Oh, yes, yeah. Right. So they've been trying to fix this place up a little bit. They did a big paint on it. Mm-hmm. And they have now these micro climate ac unit things Mm -hmm. rather than having to because it's got these big vaulted ceilings here rather than having to um try to pump in everything from up top Mm. you can isolate it into rooms and stuff like that it's you know theoretically should be more energy efficient so they're working on that they're up in the attic crawl space above the master closet and they find a 30-08 My dad didn't have a 30 odd eight. Mm-hmm. He had to end up calling and found out that it was his, that he had left it here. And you know how long it's been since like I was a senior in high school. This is you know, probably over 20 years that that thing had just, just been, been sitting, sitting there. there until the AC guys started going through it. Um, but the thing is, is that he's a lawyer. So my mind went to... Remember that Grisham movie, The Client, where like the little kid sees the dead body, and, like of the the, the lawyer's house or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, my mind went immediately to like true crime. Like, oh my god, we found the murder weapon. The lawyer's been hiding it for tw- over twenty years. <laughs> We're about to solve this cold case, King. <laughs> but it was. And it's a nice-looking gun. I mean, it was definitely an antique. And apparently, it was his father's thirty eight. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it did look like something straight out of World War II issue kind of shit, you know? Right. It's kind of a funny thing. Hmm. That kind of shows you, though, where you are on... <laughs> your oakiness that you know some people in their attic will find original copies of the constitution we find old guns in our neighborhood (laughs) you know we've had the other side of this house is that big redwood out there Mm -hmm. we've had a pretty consistent nest of I don't think it's hawks I think it's a golden eagle Hmm. but I've never it might be hawks. It's probably hawks. It makes more sense. I don't know. But it's funny to hear that guy in the morning. You can hear a little bird chatter every once in a while, but not a lot right now. 
Welcome back. I am very excited about this segment we have here because uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big foodie guy. Love food. Love wings. Smoked wings. Smoked chicken wings. It was nice because I already had some rub on hand. Um, so it was nice to like use it up. I, I smoked them in my pellet grill smoker, whatever you want to call it. Uh, for about two hours at 250 and then it temped up and then we put it in the boiler for I'd probably say what was that three minutes four minutes it's got just a basic I like making my own rubs too and this is the interesting thing why I'm really interested in this is that I like making wings but I like making my own wing sauce I like taking a hot sauce and the butter and doing it up like that I like to right. be able to control those factors so i don't typically go for the wing sauce why don't we tell you what what labels we're looking at here um so we have what i consider the two most commonly you'll find at the store we got sweet baby rays buffalo wing sauce and we got frank's red hot wing sauce now then we have two that are more restaurant themed sauces we have Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, yes. They're comfortable heat medium sauce. And Hooters. The funny thing is, I don't think I've ever been to Hooters. I hear their wings are good. And the fact that it's got its own sauce on the market says something, right? And so the last one, which I would say would be my favorite going into this without having tasted any of these. But... The Crystal's sauce, it's the pure Louisiana sauce. It's a Louisiana red sauce or hot sauce brand that makes their wing sauce. And they are my go-to hot sauce for non-Hispanic food. Um, I wouldn't put it in a burrito or something. I'd probably get some tapatio or something for that. But uh, when it comes to... And I've made a couple of buffalo wing sauces with that brand but doing my own butter right. and i get a real feeling that all of these are not going to be the same buttery kind of goodness that a good buffalo sauce that i'd like to have um is going to be able to represent so besides that i see that as a huge favorite i wouldn't be surprised if buffalo wild wings isn't is pretty good i feel like the sweet baby rays is just cashing in with their success with the barbecue sauce. So it's like, it's probably got something decent, but like nothing to, to write home about Frank's maybe better, but also there's just mass appeal grocery store kind of stuff. Hooters has a little bit of an X factor. Uh, we were supposed to have six, but, um, original Texas Pete's is still in transit. I only got two more things I really want to talk about. Then I do think instead of letting these wings go cold, we should get started. One was that, did I talk about, they do have a, a kind of rub on them, a sugar and paprika based rub on the wings themselves. So I feel like we need to take a control first and get down, okay, what that taste is. Like we can't be attributing a lot of, this is a really great sauce just because we need a baseline. We exactly. need to go, this is what it is without anything else on it. But I also, I didn't just put, you know, a little salt and pepper on them. Right. They're going to have their own flavor going on. Oh, and also this is going to be kind of a ranking situation because I felt like it wasn't, when we do our other tournaments, it's easier for me to justify than this one. But with this one and food in particular, like, it's not fair. The four can be less than the one. It can be worse than the number one seed, but it could still be better than number two and three. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it should be number two, but it just got a bad draw on the seeding of the tournament. Exactly. And I felt like with this, you know, it's all, it should be done justice to what, because, you know, there's a lot of people working hard on these things, you know, so... Okay, so I'm ready to go into one. It's got a little bit of sweetness in there, but a little smokiness behind it as well. Uh, and I don't want it too overpowering, so I didn't want to go nuts on it. Yeah. 
So we're gonna start off, and I think that's a good place to start. I would say that this, this, from what I see, is the easiest to get. This is whatever town you're in. Um, it's gonna be at the Megalomart. It's gonna be at the you know maybe next level grocery store. You may even find it at a grocery outlet or a big lots or something like that. You know, um, it's got the most mass production behind it. Um, heat. I, I I was actually thinking a little bit more because this is um, the it just says buffalo wing wing sauce mm-hmm. for sweet baby rays, and then they have one that says mild as well. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that I didn't get the one that was mild. Right. You know what I mean? So this is their medium. So I was expecting a little bit more spice and tingle than what was there, but also I know that it's kind of a wing sauce and not well. And then also they're a um like a barbecue sauce kind of thing they're kind of yeah. an all-in-one their clientele is usually just going to be pouring it on i think anyways i didn't feel right for it to be mild because i feel like that's a different thing like you you want the sweet spot like getting it mild is like getting a well-done steak mm-hmm. it's like you can tell still a good steak and everything like that but like medium is where you're supposed to be at and then the super hot stuff is like getting it done medium rare rare you know what i mean where it's like yeah i'm also not about like i want to make sure the cow's still kicking you know with all those kind of cliches like, i want i want my food to, to to be cooked properly not cooked under you know to prove a point that i think there's just like proving the point with some people as well with hot spots really spicy stuff where it's like yeah i just really like spicy stuff so i'm gonna take off this face melter and then they're just hurting and it's like yeah I mean, obviously, we don't have a heads or tails, so uh, we just keep that one in the middle there and then move along accordingly. Hooters is next. I do put it above the Sweet Baby Rays. A little bit more of a thing where you might like recognize it as like, oh, that's the Hooters one. In my opinion, the Sweet Baby Rays, it, it had a vinegary tang to it, it seemed like. Well, and I will say to the Sweet Baby Rays, just like, you know, full disclosure here, it's my go-to barbecue sauce okay so it's my go-to barbecue sauce when you're using it like in a recipe but i do appreciate like a really good um well particularly because it's kind of local and uh kinder's barbecue sauce is like it, it isn't quite as processed frankly it's not it's not like a big time production kind of thing like there's a thickness about it almost like a molassesy kind of and then consistency as well where you can almost see like the grains on top of the grains i like a barbecue sauce like that like um it's like to me the difference between like drinking beer and having a scotch or something like that if that's in your wheelhouse like uh so the next one is the frank's hot sauce this is the one that is definitely um they're they're the, i think the most widely distributed at least hot sauce in in the world well in the u.s in our area they got eli manning as a spokesman oh yeah my gut instincts on this is that that is a little bit better than the sweet baby rays but it's still kind of mass produced tasting and um vinegary and um not as good as the the hooters no, do you think this goes over the Hooters? Do you I think do it's not. right? But do you think it's better than the Sweet Baby Rays? Okay, I wouldn't fight for either of them, and so I don't mind having that there. I didn't. The Sweet Baby Rays was kind of vinegary and kind of uh, just not. It's really what Sweet Baby's Rays for the barbecue sauce is for me too. Like it's a base. It's like getting a jar of marinara sauce. Like, I don't like to just take a jar of marinara sauce, heat it up, and then put it on my pasta. Like, put some onions in there. You put some zucchinis. You throw in... You put it... You make a meat sauce out of it. You Okay, onions and garlic and peppers. Those... That's the base of all Italian meat sauces and all Italian, you know... Um, well, they, they have a name for it, actually. Because for f- the French, it's carrots... But it actually, it isn't garlic. There's still the celery. Celery and peppers instead of celery and carrots. For the French, it's called mirepoix. 
and I know there's a word for it in Italian, but they substitute out the carrot for the bell pepper. But it's like the building block of all sauce, right. you know, heavy sauce kind of stuff, you know, the bechamel and all this kind of stuff. That's kind of like where everything comes together with the savory big sauce like that. And um, the, the Sweet Baby's Rays, I felt that. And I think I could probably, at the end of the day, make something really kick-ass out of that easier than the Franks. Because the Franks is already kind of committed to where it's at. And, like, there isn't... You could build off of either, frankly, I think. Why don't we just do... Because this is actually kind of matching up to where my expectations were. So why don't we just save crystals for the end and we'll do sure. the Buffalo Wild Wings. This one, though, I have to say, of everything but Hooter, this one came out the thickest. None of these have been too overly hot. And, like, I did want this to be, like, this isn't hot ones. This isn't, like, we're trying to go crazy. We want to actually evaluate it. Middle of the road, how you're supposed to have these things. Not, I have to have a crazy hot palate in order to get it. It had the most dippy quality. This one was described as comfortable heat, which I'm feeling. And I felt like I overdoused mine on that. But like, it isn't too bad. It's It's got the spice there, I think, more than anything else has. I have it at least up to there. I haven't decided where it's whether it's better than Hooters. But I think it's better than the grocery store ones, frankly. For sure. I'm glad I did make up extra ones because now I want to go back to the Hooters because I'm pretty, I'm happy with the idea of the Hooters being dethroned. And I don't know if it was just because like I hadn't had the baseline yet because we just did the Sweet Baby Rays before, but it was like demonstrably better than what that was. Yeah. But I'm not sure in a tete-a-tete that these two would be that much different, you know, or that. It's not superior. I may have already said this, so you can cut it later, but this is the one that I make my buffalo sauce out of. This hot sauce and then my own butter. I've never tried the wing sauce. I've always been very happy with the hot sauce and butter combinations I've met. But maybe it's just a good base. Maybe, maybe the wing sauce is not worth it. I don't know. I do expect it to be the hottest of the five, though, too. Um, and maybe that is an incorrect assumption. Maybe the Buffalo Wild Wings. I know they have hotter stuff, though. So it's the rest of those are basically mild, if that's the case. Uh, so this is one disadvantage is that by the time we get to the last one, it's really going to have to carry more weight. Because part of the great thing of wings is when they're first out of the oven and then you coat them, it starts to get into the skin and stuff. And with the way this coolness feels in this wing, it's never going to be able to achieve that. This is where I'm at. Because everything that the Buffalo Wild Wings is trying to do, I feel like the Crystals is doing. You know, it's got at least the same amount of heat, maybe a little bit of more. It's got they got the more hot sauce forward than what this Hooters one is trying to do, which has got the butter forward. And I appreciate the butter nod because, you know, all the other ones could probably do with a little bit of butter. If you if no other reason, if you're, you know, learning something here, if you ever get the Hooters hot sauce, do not add butter. Do not think it's a base like more butter to that would be way too much butter. I'm happy where Frank's and Sweet Baby Ray's are. I'm definite about the bottom of the list. Can we lock those ones in or do you think that should change? Nope. So the question is, right, are you, do you have a problem with the way Hooters is um, ranked here? Do you still think Hooters is number two? This is my opinion is that whereas the Wild Wings taste vinegary, the Louis Crystal's Louisiana tastes tangy. You know what I mean? Like it's vinegar versus pickle. Like, that's actually closer to a pickle on that flavor profile of the pickle. You know what I mean? It's it's more a tangy, complex acid taste. And that's why, like, the second I taste it, like, oh, yeah, that's my jam. That's my, my buffalo. And could it maybe do with a little bit more butter, a little bit more augmentation? Yes, for sure. It's, you know, one of the reddest sauce as well. So it's probably got one of the higher butter, too. 
Although I was really surprised too by both the color and the consistency because it was so viscous. I thought the Buffalo Wild Wings one would be more vinegary, that the vinegar wouldn't come out quite as much. So you're happy with the crystals? Like I said, I feel like I'm a homer here. So it's it's definitely like the feeling I got, like the second I started buying into that one, that wing, it was just like, oh yeah, that's 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 Buffalo. Like that's you know, when you have um like if your mom makes a lot of lasagna or something, then you you go around eating like, oh, that's lasagna. If you're eating different lasagnas, like that's that's home. That's what I am used to. That's what you know the the semiotics of it is to me. I felt like it was a good compromise in in taste and in, in like flavor and heat between the buffalo and the Hooters. Yeah, it's like if you could take the best parts out of the two of them and put them together, that's kind of what the crystals. I like. definitely agree. Actually, um, I am really surprised because these are all very clean and I'm, I'm happy with the decision for us to just stick to middle of the road medium because I feel like if we would have gone on some hot ventures here, it would just be like, oh no, fuck that. I'm going to take one little bite and then I'm going to be done and I'm not going to, you know, perpetuate anything or do anything like that. I'm also surprised that Hooters made it as high as it did. Well, I think um, we're pretty good on the challenge. I had a lot of fun with this. I hope we bring this back. I thought the wings were delicious. They, um... The Nerd Obscurial Podcast is a Gadzooks and Nerd production. That's Gadzooks, G-A-D-Z-O-O-K-S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd.com slash meow. Yes, meow. M-E-O-W. If you liked the music, you can find more at gadzooksandnerd.com slash fields. That's fields, F-I-E-L-D-S. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast and its contents are, except for the steal this joke joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks and Nerd. So don't go stealing any of it, except, of course, for the steal this joke joke, or we'll have to sick big pretzel on you. Any works, products, content, Concepts or otherwise intellectual property not owned by Gadzooks and Nerd, mentioned or discussed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast, are done so under fair use for the purposes of commentary, critique, and obviously comedy. So please don't sue us because we can't actually sick big pretzel on anyone. The views, ideas, opinions, and beliefs expressed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast are solely those of its creator and your esteemed host, Eric the Troubadour, and do not represent the views, opinions, or beliefs of any individual or entity named, referenced, or alluded to in this podcast, including but not limited to Raccoons, Leonard Nimoy, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter and its parent companies, the Buggles, me, the Oklahoma kid, Louie, the shop tech, and his parent companies. Esquire, attorney at law, the great state of Louisiana, my wife and her parent companies, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet. Hail Cthulhu.